This is absolutely non-negotiable, said Allison Kirby. I tried to think of counter-arguments that would move her off that position. This won't take up much of your time, I reminded her. It's simply a case of... I don't care, Paul, Allison answered. I'm not interested. There's been enough stress on me and Melissa. No. I just... I don't appreciate being put in this position, Allison scolded me. And I don't think you should be happy with it either. It's just a slumber party, Allison, I said. Allison and I have an unusual arrangement. She owns a large Victorian home here in the New Jersey shore town of Harbor Haven, which she has turned into a guest house for tourists who want to come and spend vacations down the shore, which is what New Jerseyans call going to the beach. I haunt it. My name is Paul Harrison, and I am what you would call a ghost. It's a trifle complicated. I was by trade a private investigator, and about two years ago, shortly before I was murdered, I took on the case of a woman named Maxie Malone, who owned the house before Allison. Maxie had hired me to investigate and act as bodyguard, since she feared her life might be in danger. It turned out she was right, but we found out too late. Oddly, that was only the beginning of the story. Maxie and I woke up, as we say, a few days later, here in the house. But there was clearly something new and strange about our existence. For one thing, we floated rather than walked. We felt less solid, could move through objects like walls, and were unable to leave the property. It took us a while, but we finally did realize we were dead. As you might imagine, this required a good deal of adjustment on our part. Maxie, 28 years old and somewhat volatile, did not adapt easily to this plane of existence. Being a more mature soul, I was 33, I accepted my fate in only a few months. For close to a year, the real estate agent would give prospective buyers tours of the house. But it wasn't until Allison and her daughter Melissa, who was nine years old then, came through that Maxie stopped trying to scare off all the prospective buyers and let Allison buy it. Maxie says she allowed it because Melissa seemed like a nice girl. Allison didn't immediately realize that we were here, but soon enough it became clear that she was able to see and hear us, as could her mother, Loretta, and Melissa, a family trait Allison had been previously unaware of and took some time adjusting to as well. Even now, Allison's ability to see people like me is not as developed as Loretta's or even Melissa's. We estimate she sees only about half of the spirits passing through the house, though Maxie and I are the only ones in residence. Presumably, the area one haunts has something to do with where one dies. This is not the time for a sleepover, Allison said, defending her decision. Tony and I are renovating the powder room on the second floor, and you wouldn't believe some of the things we're finding. Did you know there's no floor under the toilet? Actually, I had known that from various times I'd floated up through the kitchen ceiling, but had never seen a need to mention it. If Allison had called in Tony Mandarisi, her contractor friend and her best friend Jeannie's husband, 
The damage must have been fairly significant. Allison is very capable with tools and usually handles repairs on her own. I was aware you were doing some work, I told her. I didn't realize how much time it was taking. She sighed. I have six guests in the house, and four of them are last minute, she said. I wasn't expecting this many people this late in the season, or I wouldn't have started tearing the bathroom apart. I don't have time for anything except the guests and the bathroom. I'm not even driving Liz to school. Her friend Wendy's mom is helping me out, so don't ask me to also have four little girls over. Allison went on, especially with... She dropped her voice to a stage whisper. Ghosts in the house.